No, it's not. I don't have to take an extended break from the Rantcast. Just awful, and I mean, you know, he's he's been more successful and earned more money than most people ever will in a lifetime in terms of adulation and success in his particular chosen field. But it doesn't make too much difference to the fact that if you're in your mid twenties and you suddenly lose your career, that's absolutely horrendous thing to happen to anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's no guarantee that he'll come back. I suppose he's taking this extended break. There's no guarantee that his career is over. Uh, he's also known about this for some time. So, I mean, I guess it's been announced to the wider world this week. Uh, a bit, bit, slightly odd, I thought, uh, the way United have handled this, the kind of cloak and dagger where they've gone about first hiding what was really the problem and then coming out with it with a press release was really quite strange uh, but but it's done now and and uh, the the consensus is that Fletcher won't play again this season while he tries to recover it's one of those diseases apparently everyone's a medical expert now aren't they that that comes and goes in waves so there might be periods of remission and uh, periods of exacerbation and this is one of the, the periods where he's particularly unwell and it's it's a real shame for you, for the lad it's a real shame for United another man down I know we've been without Fletcher for quite a while in many aspects, but it leaves a pretty big hole in in Ferguson's squad. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 two distinct things. One is for you know how you. F- feel about Fletcher and, and his personal situation and the kind of sympathy and empathy that you have for him but the other is the way the club's handled the situation and, and it does seem extremely peculiar I mean the thing more than anything else this has been going on for a while at what point did the club start to really seriously consider whether Fletcher's career would be compromised uh, and, and doesn't that make the lack of acquisition of a midfielder even more I don't know. I, I want to go as far as to say, like negligent or something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it borders on it, doesn't it? It's 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 really odd. I mean, so we we know, we know a few things, don't we? I mean, just from the wording of the statement that that United did know about this for quite some time. They called it a virus to protect Fletcher's medical privacy. Fair enough. But at, at no point are they saying the clubs only just discovered this. They knew what the condition was and went to quite some length to hide it. I mean, you know, Fletcher talked about a virus and Ferguson talked about a virus and and. It, it turns out to not be true. Well, I mean, uh, can I just say, do we know for sure that, that that's the case and it wasn't, you know, because misdiagnosis is something that happens all the time and, and things do get kind of diagnosed as a general sort of virus first. No, no, no. I, no, I, I, I've had, I've, um, I went through this debate with several people on Twitter, actually. No, I, re- read the wording of the statement. I, I, yeah, unless they've, you know, re- incorrectly written this down in the statement, and I, I'd be really surprised given the size of the press office at United. It says... It basically says it was it was said this was a virus in order to protect Darren Fletcher's medical history. At no point do they say that we didn't know what it was and it, it turns out it's this virus, which I think would have been a more sensible thing to say if that was the truth, right? Why make it look like Cloak and Dagger if yeah. it wasn't? So if the truth was they knew about the, they knew he was ill but didn't know what it was and only just recently worked it out, that's one thing, fair enough, you know, difficult disease to diagnose apparently. But they, they're admitting to having known what it was, covered it up, in order to protect Darren Fletcher and now they're exposing it which which again is slightly odd so if the issue was about Darren Fletcher's uh, medical privacy why bridge it now and as uh, I guess Fletcher has said said that it's okay and and the, the point being about all this cloak and dagger is it's led a huge amount of speculation you know a what was wrong with Fletcher and and what was going on with his career and and 
be now why United have come out and, and suddenly been all transparent about it. Uh, awful lot of erroneous stuff floating around about, oh, well, you know, he has to take this break because he has to take drugs which are on the ban list, for example. I've heard that one said, and there, there's absolutely no evidence that's the case. I mean, have they got special dispensation from the Premier League and WADA, the anti-doping authority? I, I, it doesn't appear to be the case. So a lot of, lot of odd questions about it. And you're absolutely right to say that's completely separate from, from the genuine sympathy and empathy that uh, fans will have for Fletcher because no matter how successful he is and how rich he is and all of that, you know, this is a, a young man, relatively young man who's uh, got a serious condition. Yeah, and we, of course, wish Darren Fletcher all the best. And, you know, I guess you could speculate on whether or not it's likely to, that he's going to come back. I mean, it's definitely going to be a good while if he does because it's, it's a very serious illness isn't it so yeah i mean you know not being a medical expert i don't know but uh, the the few bits i've read are that this is a this is a, a disease that can go in cycles so it may be every 12 to 18 months he has a, another serious relapse and there's a few doctors saying that although people do get better uh, they also struggle to maintain their strength so this is a could be a real problem i mean we know how much fletcher lost in weight i mean he lost loads of weight didn't he? he looked looked quite gaunt when he came back against schalke last year so um it doesn't doesn't really bode well. No, and and we do hope he gets better. But why on earth hasn't the club done? I mean, the amount of reliance that Ferguson's put on Tom Cleverley before the season started is is just it. It seems completely ridiculous to me now. And you know, as we as we said last week, Ferguson's record is unquestionable and all that kind of stuff. But the he's allowed the squad to get this thin. We're in a particularly damaging patch of serious injuries and illness uh, all around the squad. But the Fletcher thing was known about, and Anderson and Cleverley have both spent large parts of previous seasons injured and that's all it's taken for our midfield to be absolutely decimated right yeah and 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 we're very lucky that Michael Carrick has uh, undergone some kind of return to form you know albeit it's only a few games that but he has been excellent and uh, we hope that continues but but you wouldn't have put your money on it so given that given Anderson's propensity for injury and eating pies and Fletcher's illness and Tom Cleverley's you know fact that he's so inexperienced and had several I think it's his fifth pretty serious injury now so all of that together tells you he probably needed another central midfielder and the fact that they tried to sell Darren Gibson uh, it's, it is incredible it's uh, I think I called it a strategic error but it's bordering on the negligent uh, and uh, it's really come back to bite United now I mean we'll go into the Christmas period pretty busy period I mean obviously two games coming up in a week and then Boxing Day and New Year's Eve and all of that and I think there might be one on the 28th as well right it's quite a few games coming up with really thin resources as Carrick and Gibson as the only two senior central midfielders now Giggs and Park will probably play there too and Jones and, and Rooney have played there in recent weeks but it kind of tells you something when a 19 year old central defender and a striker are playing in central midfield just how thin your resources are yeah no game on the 28 but Jones is an interesting thing I mean I know it was only Wolves but Jones and Carrick looked as good as a central midfield too as we've had since uh, Cleverly got in- injured um, and increasingly I'm beginning to waver in my view that Phil Jones's future is as a defender. Sorry, Ed, I know you're you're definitely team centre back, but I'm I'm being slightly swayed by his performances in midfield. I have to say, I'm not I'm not ready yet to hop off my favoured perch on the fence. Right? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. We know we know this one. I mean, it was only Wolves, and uh, I, I think I fairly incorrectly said they were a decent side last week. Uh, they're not a decent side, and uh, I, I don't think they'll go down. But they're not in a great period of form. That's eight defeats in the last eleven games or ten games. Sorry, uh, for for Wolves, it's it's not a it's not a good patch of form, uh, and so I don't know whether that's 
good barometer. Uh, we, uh, week before United dumped out of the Champions League, so that might be a better barometer of, of Phil Jones' capacity in midfield. I don't doubt he's got huge amounts of talent uh, at all. Uh, I just uh, I think his best position is going to be a centre-back. Uh, he says that and so does Ferguson, so I, I don't know. I think that's some uh, pretty good ammunition for that point of view there. But but we'll see. He, he did well against Wolves. Are we saying that he, uh, January the 4th at Eastland, that uh, he, he's got the capability to take the game to and dominate that Manchester City midfield? I don't think so. No, that's January the 8th, just to, sorry, you're, you're having a, a, a bad date, Rantcast, Ed. J- January the 4th is Newcastle away. The only reason right. that I know this, by the way, is I've got the fixture list open in front of me. I, I would not have any of this information in my head otherwise. Yeah, so it's all a horrible mess because after last week's show, we were, we were talking about Vidic being away for at least the Christmas period. Uh, little did we know that it wasn't the medial ligament, but it was the anterior cruciate ligament, which is an injury that people never used to recover from at all but nowadays they, they, they there is at least a possibility that you can come back pretty much the same player that you were beforehand but it's going to be a long long time until Vidic comes back yeah and, and unfortunately he has actually damaged the medials as well right the rupture to the cruciate and uh, and damage to the other ligaments I think there's three separate injuries there which is uh, why it's so serious and unusual so I think people are talking about nine months out and he'll miss the beginning of next season so let alone damaging you know, this this campaign also the next one too a, a a lot's been talked about what we should do. I mean, we, we've lost our best defender, that, that that's for sure, I think. Um, although, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rio Ferdinand. Vidic is, Vidic is the pretty much my number five on a World Eleven team sheet or something. Maybe higher than that, maybe number four. But people have been talking about us buying to replace Vidic. Uh, not not in the long term, but, you know, to, to fill the gap. I, I don't what an insane waste of money it would be to go and spend a load of money on a central defender. We've got four good central defenders in the squad. It's not going to happen. I I mean, the, the, the more sensible thing might be to look at buying it right back. And we've had Smalling and Jones playing there, and they've both done very well. In theory, we've also got Fabio and Raphael, who, if fit, would also do a very good job there. So, in theory, we've got four right backs as well. Uh, and so we should be overstocked there. But Fabio and Raphael are so injured, uh, it's injured so often that it's become a real problem. And Jones and Smalling may well be needed in the centre of the park yeah. now. I mean, I, I guess Evans is, is first in the queue, isn't he? But for central defence alongside Rio but as, as we said busy period Europa League coming up that could be an awful lot of fixtures there's certainly going to be a rotation of results I'm no Evans hater but I don't totally understand why he's uh, first on the list to partner Rio the only thing that I can think of is because he doesn't have the same flexibility to play elsewhere and so you can put Smalling in the team at right back and play Jones in midfield and play Johnny Evans but it does seem to me that Evans is, is definitely the number three centre back at the club there are people who are uh, huge fans of Johnny Evans uh, I, I have to say his performances on the pitch don't justify that for me my opinion and I think he's in the team uh, on the basis of seniority and not talent but that's just my opinion I mean Ferguson is playing him in there for a reason and I guess he has a lot of faith in Evans which uh, and he's you know he's been very patient with him I think but you know he's, he's got more experience than Jones and and Smalling and I guess right at the moment he's he's ahead of the queue and probably wouldn't take too many dodgy appearances uh, performances from Evans to change 
future. So, talking performances, finally a Manchester United performance that didn't make our opening theme song sound ironic. 4-1 against Wolverhampton Wanderers, a, a joyous performance for Man United, really, really excellent, and, and, a, and kind of a relief because there were a few things I really enjoyed about that game. One, when we conceded uh, right at the beginning of the second half, I thought, oh my God, are we really going to throw this away? But we scored so quickly afterwards and that it was impressive. Uh, wonderful, wonderful performances by both Nanny and Wayne Rooney, who I think are going to be our most important players over the next little passage of time because we, we need them to break down defences and, and to shine in the face of all our injuries and stuff. You're right, they both they both had great games. Look, it's unlikely that United are going, are going to go spunk a load of money on central midfield in the in the January transfer window, in which case Nanny and Rooney are our most creative outlets and they're going to be really important. I mean, central defence, uh, we don't need to say, is going to be really important too, especially with Vidic gone because the, the stats don't look good. Uh, Vidic in the team and out of the team, completely different in terms of goals conceded. So um, over, not just this season, over over the course of the last couple of seasons. So it's going to be a worry, you know. It doesn't matter how talented Jones, Smalling and Evans are, there is a marked distinction between Vidic in the team and uh, not in the team that's going to have a knock-on effect uh, will it affect how United play in terms of uh, structure in central midfield uh, no Darren Fletcher so lost that energy from central midfield are they going to you know, carry on with sort of Carrick and, and Phil Jones as kind of screening players and, and hope that gives enough protection to the back four and then as you say, Rooney and Nani will be extremely important. I'm also trying to get you to talk about the Wolves game, Ed. I was sort of talking about the Wolves game. Sorry, can't can't help thinking about what's going what's going the bigger picture here. Excellent performance, excellent performance in the first half. Thought United were really bright. There was just that you know couple of minute period. Wolves scored. There was there was that feeling. I, I did have that feeling of oh no, it's happening again. You know, we've had a few performances recently where bright opening half and then not so good through the the last thirty or last forty five. And but came back and it's fine win all round I mean let's not let's not uh, get ahead of ourselves here that was a fine win against the side who were very meek didn't put up a lot of resistance a pretty poor performance uh, from Wolves and uh, aren't in great form so if we can repeat that against QPR coming up and then Fulham in midweek then we can kind of say United are back yeah I, I there's just a few things that I would like to be a little more shiny and positive about and, and that is Rooney's been in such terrible form lately that it was good to see him after a first half where he appeared to be entirely insistent that the the only way it was possible to score a goal nowadays was from a chip. Yeah, was, it's a little bit bizarre, isn't it? You know, I know he likes that one, right? Uh, I don't remember the last time he scored that. Yeah, <laughs> keeps on the line. Chipping isn't always the most successful strategy. And he scored by absolutely leathering it from just outside the area as well, as if to prove the point uh, that the chips were not working. But his second goal was one that I don't think he would have scored in recent weeks because he he took that incredibly well and a wonderful piece of technique with a ball behind him and a kind of spinning volley very very impressive and and just great to see and and you know his his form really started to dip after he got sent off playing for England and his form started to return after he got the news that his ban had been reduced so maybe that really was having an effect on him and he cares more about the national team than we do yeah maybe maybe I suppose it'll be a weight off his shoulders getting that one game reduction in the ban so I mean he'll definitely go to Euro 2012 now now, they don't need to worry about that. Quite how sharp he is will be another question, but that's a problem for Fabio Capello, I suppose, not not us. And uh, we just hope that if there was any weight on his shoulders uh, from that or whatever has been affecting his form is now gone and he'll go on one of those uh, scoring spurts that we talked about last week. Uh, one other thing worth mentioning from the Wolves game, once again, you mentioned his excellent form recently uh, earlier in the show, but phenomenal 
performance from Michael Carrick in the central midfield. Yeah, dynamic as well, you know, getting around the pitch and, and good range of passing and, and all of that. Yeah, had a fine game, fine game again. I mean, it's just hope this is Carrick for the rest of the season. I'm ready to I'm ready to call it though. I think he's back. I think he's back. It's been it, it's been ten weeks or something now that he's just been consistently good and United have been at their poorest when he's not been around. So good good Michael Carrick. I'm glad. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, we will see. I, I think in two will. seasons before that, it, 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 you know, no matter what the... Um, and it, yeah, I've been on the record of being a big supporter of Michael Carrick and, and uh, you know, said many times how tactically important he's been to United. But two seasons, he's been way below his best, a long way below his best. Yeah, I agree. But this is the longest he's been at his best again. I think this is this is his longest consistent period of good form for United for two years. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. A long way it continues. Uh, we've had a question from at Devils of Mank saying that he, that he thinks he'd probably guess what our answer's going to be, especially yours, Ed, I reckon. Will all our injuries force a January signing from Fergie? Yeah. Here's my list of United January signings. Ah, that was good. That was good then. What was that? Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Xavi and Iniesta. No, I don't, I don't think there'll be an awful lot of spending. Uh, I think the word on the street is that Ferguson is not being given any money. We'll see. Look, maybe, maybe this, you know, this stuff about Fletcher taking a long-term break will, will change things. I just don't see it, but you never know. I mean, and, and then there's the old question of uh, what, what are we going to get in that's good enough? Is Can we get someone, I mean, I suppose you don't have to worry about Champions League anymore. Which, which kind of removes one of the burdens but can we get someone who's of true United quality because I'm not really sure no matter how light we are on quantity that just bring in say a loan signing or uh, someone who's just a squad player is really going to cut it we, we need top quality Might, you know, we need top quality last summer and the summer before if if this winter is, is when it's going to happen that's great I, I really don't think it will I think we're going to sign Wesley Schneider no I don't really think that I mean the Champions League thing you know of course anyone that's still in the Champions League isn't going to come to us in January why would they why would they just not say oh well you know we're playing the Champions League thanks I'll come back in the summer yeah well Inter are still trying to get rid of Schneider but Schneider's on this massive contract that that problem has not gone away no absolutely I don't really think we're going to sign Wesley Schneider by the way it was actually a joke be good though at Rami's Ilias at Rami's underscore Ilias uh, who uh, wanted to shout us out from Karachi in Pakistan he's been listening to Rankcast for just over a year so uh, thank you very much for that much appreciated and I hope the weather's nicer in Karachi than it is here um, he says if we could only sign either a central midfielder or a fullback what, who would you sign uh, I think m- much as I think we're pretty a bit with much as I think we're a bit lacking in the fullback positions it's clearly a central midfielder that we're, we're most lacking because at fullback there is the possibility that the Twins will go uninjured for a while and Zeki Fryers is coming through yeah yeah I mean there, there's still a question mark over Patrice Evra who seems to have been in a slump for some time Plays hot and cold doesn't he I, he's had some very poor performances this season and then and then you think ah oh, maybe he's back and I think it's more of the defensive liability than the lack of attacking I mean he's still he's still going forward and he's still contributing and I, I saw an interesting stat the other day that he's United's second highest passer in the final third something like that so he's, he's still bombing forward loads of evidence for that but uh, he is liable to make those defensive errors there was a lot of discussion before Vidic got injured about how he and Rio would switch sides and I heard two theories both of which were quite compelling one is was to put Vidic on the right so that the players that rotate in and out alongside him when Rio doesn't play are playing on the left which there which is is 
favours them. And the other theory was that so that Rio, who doesn't hardly ever get forward, can cover Patrice Evra. Neither of those theories totally make sense to me, but there must have been a reason of some kind. It's kind of a bit academic now, but I, I would like to know one day why exactly why he did that. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, anyone's actually said. There's also been a, a, a bit of a change in, in Rio's positioning. He's he's the guy who, who always falls back. So, you know, classic centre-back play, one attacks, one drops back, and it's, it's always Rio who's dropping deep now. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the coming weeks, because if you're asking me whether Johnny Evans is going to win an aerial duel against a midget, I'll say probably not. Rio's an interesting situation, because you've said every week on the show for the last four or five weeks, Rio can't keep playing every week. He's, he just hasn't missed the game. And he is. He keeps playing every week. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's bizarre. I think was he played something nine in a row now. Yeah, and he's getting better and better and better as well. And I'm really, I'm just really pleased, because at the beginning of the season, you know, every time he comes back from an injury, it takes him ages. And eventually, one of them's going to be the last time he properly comes back from an injury. But he definitely looks back to very, very good form, which is, which is of course, vital now. Yes, uh, absolutely vital that he's he's in good form, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he's been fine the last few weeks. And he's going to need a break, right? He's 33, and uh, it's, it's an awful lot of games to be playing in a row for someone who's 33 and had a lot of injuries. But uh, I, I've said that every week, and he's not been given a break, so what the hell do I know? According to his in-game Twitter feed, uh, at in-game Rio, who's, uh, I don't know where those tweets come from, somehow Rio manages to tweet during the game. The only break that man needs is for a Jaffa cake at halftime. So, there you go. We've had a question, <laughs> I really like this question, uh, from at Bree underscore Redant. What is the most absurd starting eleven you can come up with in terms of players playing out of position? I think this has to be players playing out of position but somewhere they they have played for united yeah it has to be it has to be somewhat credible yeah. doesn't it well you have to have a proper goalkeeper in there but well but, no i mean or, or rooney in goal that's because he's he's done that once hasn't he uh, yeah but that doesn't count that's, that's okay just, that's okay way off the radar i mean be pretty absurd playing thomas cusack in there so he's getting my vote <laughs> <laughs> Most obscure United starting eleven. Thomas Cusack in goal. <laughs> yeah, left back. Well, Johnny Evans has played there a couple of times. Pretty, pretty odd. But he has. A, Ryan Giggs also is a terrible left back who's played left back a few times. He has indeed. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to drop Michael Carrick into the centre of defence. <laughs> oh God, no! Bad shivers. Alongside Dimitar Berbatov, of course, who has played there for a half against Leeds. Yeah. So, so Carrick and Berbatov, they've they they've, they've you know they've been centre back pairings before. Right back, you have a choice of basically anyone in the squad because as far as Fergie's concerned we're just a team of right backs playing in different positions yeah, yeah. Well, Antonio Valencia he, he's a great going forward not so great defender yeah okay so Valencia then on the right wing uh, Park Jisung yeah yeah the dynamic Korean. Barely functional on the left wing, not not even slightly functional on the right wing. In central midfield, I don't know, Ryan Giggs and Phil Jones? Bit harsh, since they probably are going to be a central midfield pairing. Well, yeah, or Wayne Rooney and Phil Jones, yeah. Oh, there you go, Wayne Rooney and Phil Jones. And on the left wing, I don't know, have we got any obscure left wingers? I guess Patrice... We haven't got any left wingers, so, so no. Patrice, Patrice playing on the left side of midfield. And the De Silva twins, the De Silva twins... Each of them up front. The De Silva twins up front. I don't think they've ever actually played there before, but yeah, pretty bizarre. There you go. Yeah. No, but Nanny, Nanny and Ashley Young up front. If you want players that have actually done Do it. Do you know what? I think that eleven's got more chance of starting in the Europa League than any first eleven you might be able to come. Oh, up. I really want one more Dimitar Berbatov at centre half before the season's out. Someone's asking whether the last five days shows an imminent shift in the Premier League positions. Uh, so I presume they mean with City uh, losing against Chelsea and us us winning a game comfortably. I mean, it's, it's remarkable 
football really we spent much of this season chiding united well you know after the after the the game which shall not be talked about yeah uh, chiding united for pretty poor performances but getting away with it and we have the same amount of points as this time last year in comparable games and, and city lost Don't we have more points than we had this time or is it more points oh there you go yeah yeah i'm pretty sure it's one of city our lost so there's only a two-point gap now uh we go to we go to qpr Arsenal, who are in fantastic form, play City. Could be top. Could be top uh, after the weekend. I mean, I think we'll go to QPR and win, and uh, we will be top then, and the pressure will be on City. It's, it's a remarkable turnaround, really. And we, we, did, we did talk a, a little while back about the good run of fixtures United got. So, I mean, there are a load of them, but Fulham, Blackburn, Rovers, and, and uh, so on. It's not a real tough December. We could come out with 18 points from those six December Premier League games and, and be ahead at uh, Christmas. And if you ask Fergie, where they want to be you'd be saying that exactly like that's all speculative I mean, City could beat Arsenal there would be no real shock if that happened and City themselves don't have a hugely difficult run at games you know, they've had these two runs back to back Chelsea and Arsenal yeah I mean it's, it's, if, if, if only they were playing Arsenal away uh, I think the fact that they're at home is, is very significant really because Arsenal are in good form but you know they struggled in their, in their last game and needed Van Persie to nick a win and if he goes off after 15 minutes I don't think Arsenal have got much much choice, you know. Uh, ch- sorry, much chance. Right. Yes. I mean, um. But but uh, generally speaking, uh, you know, last season we spent the whole first two thirds of the season talking about how United were terrible and we won the league. So you know, it could happen again. I mean, it's this, all these things are are about perspective, and we've we've had an absolutely amazing start to the season in terms of results, uh, and a very average one in terms of performances, with one absolutely terrible result thrown into the mix. Um, but you know, also it's, it seems a long time ago. Now when the weather was nice and the nights were long but at one point this season we beat Arsenal 8-2 it's an almost impossible to imagine result yeah it's it's a really quite bizarre season really if you think about the first four and a bit games United were fantastic and we were yeah absolutely we were wondering what all the fuss was about and and it's all gone downhill since sort of mid-September since Tom Cleverley got injured and pretty much yeah but I mean and, and uh, there's no guarantee he'll be back for Christmas I know they talked about it but I'd heard other reports saying uh, it's probably like to be quite a lot long time after new year that he's he's back so probably not likely to be back for any of the christmas fixtures anderson not back till well into february spring and he takes a long time to get going especially if he's been on the pace we should talk about the europa league draw that we have no idea that what's going to happen but before we do at can they score says are we are you glad that united listened to the rank cast and made purchase of europa league tickets optional that's excellent news yeah it, it was it was excellent news i don't think they've actually released the prices yet so they might be charging champions league prices i think i'm right in saying that we'll see when the tickets actually come out they're probably waiting for the draw if we actually draw someone half decent. i mean i think it's much more you know if they're gonna it it would be nice if they charged less and made it optional but if they're going to either charge less or make it optional i'd say that making it optional should be the priority yes yeah no it's the right decision it's the right decision good on that we don't often play praise the management of this you know the executive management i'm talking about of of the club but uh, it's it's the right decision uh, glad they did it uh, it's it's opt out not opt in and uh, you have to ring the club by a set date and tell them you don't want the ticket fair enough um, i hope people aren't you know stuck with 45 pound tickets for a game they don't want to see against them eastern european club that no one's ever heard of uh, which could definitely happen but uh, there you go and we're we're recording this before the draw so no idea who united have just drawn no. uh, but uh, i can tell you this it was one hell of a boring draw <laughs> 
Infantino will have rambled on for about four hours uh, and there would have been a few montages about how sexy European football is. There will have been, probably been some co-presenter who no one knows uh, and is extremely wooden and a few pa- past it footballers to rather cheesily open the balls. Yes, it, and it will be terrible. Um, and, so, and, for you... and, and, and then David Gill will come on afterwards uh, and hopefully uh, he's hiding near the back of the hall in shame uh, because it's a party he hasn't actually been invited to but uh, they did a Europa League and the Champions League draws at the same time and uh, he'll come on the TV afterwards uh, we're really excited it's a great challenge for us and that's what this club's about and and I'm going to get a pint from all the listeners when he says those exact words I'd like talking to the listeners I'd like to very much thank Sean who chucked up a review on iTunes thank you very much for that and Damien Garside who says he, he, he very much enjoys the rant cast he thinks we're a little soft on the United owners and management I have to say if we weren't making a conscious effort pretty much we've done 90 this is the 92nd episode of the rank cast pretty much all 92 of them would have been spent talking about how terrible we think the ownership and management is of of uh, Manchester United not not the management on the pitch of course but the, the management behind the scenes uh, I don't think you find a more vociferous anti-glazer campaigner than you Ed we, we just don't talk about it every week because there's not something to n- new to say every week but but yeah I mean the club has lost 580 million pounds of money over the last five years that it would have had taken directly out of the team uh, we've probably kept players on the books that we shouldn't have because there's too much greed which is causing us not to be able to replace them with, with better quality players and yeah it's, it's a complete shambles and if it wasn't for Alex Ferguson we'd be looking at a massive decline and we still might at the point in which Fergie goes yes all to come also to come this week a visit to the smoke for, for two games we haven't, we haven't had two Premier League games in a week for a, for a while now I mean what with European nights and all that so QPR at Loftus Road it's been a long time since we've been there I've had a few quite good fun trips to Loftus Road down the years and then Craven Cottage for the game with Fulham which has been something of banana skin now and again over the years yeah it's a whole big West London situation barely have to move out the same postcode no absolutely yeah two sort of teams both of whom have been really really up and down this season so very hard to predict fixtures because the what Fulham and what QPR turn up has, has really been a big question they, they are third 13th and 14th of the league separate uh, in the league separated by one point so far so very similar starts in that sense as well I don't know I've, I have no idea what to, uh, you, I'm definitely going to predict that United will win both those games but if one of them turned out to be a draw I wouldn't be totally sure no you, you'd, you'd say the game at Craven Cottage would normally be the one that's given us difficulty I mean lost a couple of times pretty famous losses in recent seasons and, uh, and uh, I believe a draw last year wasn't it a late draw but it's uh, hard to predict I suppose because both of them have been up and down you see I mean Fulham Fulham's form after the Europa League hasn't been great and of course they got dumped out of the Euro- Europa League this week really bizarre game where they were two up and then threw it away uh, I'm sure Martin Yol won't be happy about that and we have to be honest Yol's job is not safe is it looking at the relegation zone not that far away from it I don't think they'd get relegated no they're miles they're miles off the relegation zone in terms of quality they, they are but they're not that many points away and, and there's a whole problem with Bobby Zamora he appears to have fallen out with Yol and obviously he's the focal point of their attack so he might even go in the January transfer window now the Europa League's gone there's a, a revenue issue there for them a, a team that have been propped up financially by Al Fayed who's loaned them money uh, in order to 
survived a very small ground can't expand it had a fight with the local residents for years about expanding the ground so that they're a team that you know struggles financially to justify themselves in the Premier League and have probably overperformed over the years so and they've given the United some real tough games uh, QPR completely different I mean they, they've had all this upheaval over the ownership that seems more settled now and Tony Fernandez, who is a guy who who uh, not only passionate about football uh, and been linked with proposed buyout for United in the past and uh, uh, but also prepared to throw some money at the transfer market I mean they had quite a few late buys at the end of the the window didn't they in the summer and and they've got a, a very experienced manager in Neil in Warnock now I think they'll probably be all right too I mean for for a team that's come up they've done done okay yeah and they've you know they, they've obviously spent in a different league to the other teams that have come up um, and I, I yeah I don't think either of them are going to go down by the end of the season I'm going to make some predictions but uh, before we get to our predictions oh, actually no while we're talking about the matches um, I mean there's there's real challenges in terms of the lineup, isn't there and who's going to play where and all that stuff but we've learned that it's pretty much impossible to second guess Fergie isn't it so goodness knows what's going to happen in terms of who's going to play but Carrick and Jones in centre midfield together as a two wouldn't surprise me massively no, I mean, Carrick, Carrick is an automatic pick, isn't he, at the moment? And, and Jones has done okay there over the last few games. I mean, we've already had that discussion. So uh, I, I suppose so, yes. I mean, uh, I, there's a question mark about how much rotation there is. I mean, he's he's going to use his resources. Ferguson's already said that. So at some point, uh, you would think that everyone that's available will get a game over the next two or three games. Even maybe Darren Gibson? Shudder. Maybe, but he's one of the few options, right? So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah he, he was on the bench last week so I would expect him to at least make the bench for these games. Fergie's going to drop the G-bomb. It's got to happen sooner rather than later. Talking of people dropping bombs, the courtrooms have dropped some bombs and uh, Giggsy apparently made a terrible slander about the good nature of the lady who was selling her story to the son. Terrible. He suggested through his lawyer that uh, she demanded money for a flat and he's had to admit that uh, she was not blackmailing him and and, uh, uh, Imogen Thomas is now in the clear over that one. It's completely separate from whether she can sell her story obviously that's what the injunction's all about so she can't sell her story still there's still an injunction in place even though everyone knows what the story is but she's not facing any kind of blackmail criminal charges either but i mean like a key part of the reason that an injunction was allowed in that story was the implication of blackmail because i read the judge's decision about it when it when it came out or at least i read the first half of it before it got too dull to carry on reading so i mean it's quite serious really if you've accused someone of blackmail and then it's been found in court and you've had to kind of withdraw that charge it's pretty 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 nasty thing to do to someone well it's um it's always more nuanced than that in court isn't it it's not of course not provable i I would suggest rather than right and and also not something ryan Giggs has said in the press or broadcast or anything like that so it's it's not slander or liable there won't be a court case about that Uh, but there also won't be a criminal case Right, okay. Interesting, and and let's hope it doesn't distract from his 38-year-old brilliance on the football pitch. So, results predictions, Ed? Uh, well, I think United are going to win twice. And I think uh, it'll be comfortable when they lost this road. I'm going to go for 2-0. Notice how I predicted more than one goal last week, and it happened. Well done. So, so I'm taking credit for that. And I think a difficult game at Fulham, because it's always a difficult game at Craven Cottage, and uh, that's going to be a 2-1 win. I don't know what to do. 1-0, back to unimpressive ways, uh, but grinding out a win against QPR, and a banana skin one all 
just when it's looking like we might be top of the league at Christmas against Fulham. All right. That's really depressing, but uh, I, I just, I've, I've kind of lost all confidence in the rest of our season, really. We're in a remarkable position, given what the club's been up against in terms of injuries and stuff, but it, to me, it, it is reaching breaking point now. The loss of Fletcher and Vidic in the past week just means that I, I, it'll be an absolute miracle if we win the league this season. It'll be an achievement on par with anything else he's achieved in his career. In the face of a resurgent Man City spending all that money with you know our best player injured for the whole season with no central midfielders to speak of apart from Michael Carrick and a bunch of kids a brand new goalkeeper. It just you know yeah. it, to, to me we should be absolutely delighted if we win the FA Cup this season. And, and that, that's a big given who we've drawn in the third round and in the meantime I guess that's it for this week's show I'm off to celebrate United's fixture with Metalist Kharkiv in the Europa League yes Thursday night Channel 5 see you next week on the 12th day of Christmas my true love get to me 12 come to us 11 come to us 10 come to us 9 come to us 8 come to us 7 come to us 6 come to us 5 come to us 4 come to us 3 come to us 2 come to us And the merry come to us Merry Christmas, Eric Mwah.